you know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly... Uh, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, look, I don't know about you, but when I hold on to some negative feelings, it really starts to impact my day to day. Mm. I get a little snippy and short with the people in my life. Things start to really feel overwhelming. And look, it's just generally not great for me or for the people that I am interacting with. And I do find that my time in therapy is a real safe space to get those things off my chest and figure out how to work on and work through things that are weighing on me Mm. or maybe weighing on you. For example, like I have actually really been working on mindfulness in therapy. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Easier said than done, but that's the work, right? Like just learning about kind of like really creating a breathing practice and paying attention to my physical body and my feelings Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and to learn productive coping skills. If you're thinking about trying therapy, try BetterHelp. It's convenient and accessible anywhere because it is 100% online. All it takes to get started is filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you're not vibing with the therapist, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Forever35 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Forever35. Well, hello there and welcome to Forever35, a podcast about the things we do 
to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I am Dori Shafrier. And we are not experts. But we're two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And before we get into it, we're going to give you the rundown. So just hang tight. Hold on to your hats. <laughs> hold on to your butts, your seats. Hold on to whatever you want to hold on to. Hold on to your butt masks. Your butt masks, your serums, your journals, your candles. Hold on to your bathtubs. Your tea. <laughs> your, your yoga mat. Your meditation practice. Just hold on to it all. Hold on. You can visit our website, forever35podcast.com, for links to anything and everything we mention on the show. You can follow us on Twitter, at Forever35Pod, and on Instagram, at Forever35Podcast. And you can join the Forever35 Facebook group, where the password is serums. And our sister podcast, She Thanks Just Bought It, has a Facebook group, groups slash G Thanks. Join the conversation. It's very fun over there. It really is. <sighs> well, wait, I'm not done, Dory. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you did not hold on to your skincare products because I also want you to know we have a voicemail at 781-591-0390 and our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. Well, and don't forget, people can also text us at that number. Oh, and text they do. <laughs> I love when you forward me texts. Oh, we got another one that just asked if the Dory's Hotel could be a regular segment. <laughs> oh, I believe it can. You know, what's weird, Dory, is that I've been having like a hellish time sleeping since this pandemic mm. kicked in, which I've talked to mm -hmm. you about on this podcast. Yeah. And I will, in our uh, on our website, I will link to this Washington Post article that I actually shared on my own Instagram called The Pandemic is Ruining Our Sleep because I read it and I was like, oh, this is me. But then in the last two days, I've like gone to bed super early and can't feel like I can't get enough sleep. It was like, it's like my body Ooh, read this article and then was like, ha, ah, fuck you. I, I went to bed at 8.30 last night. That is really early. <laughs> it was, I fell asleep on the couch and then I was like, I gotta, uh, and I just ran into our bedroom and got in bed. What time did you wake up this morning? Like 5.50, 6 o'clock. Okay, so like early, but not obscenely early. No, that's kind of... I tend to wake up between somewhere between 6 and 7. Um, okay. No, it wasn't Ooh, like so I woke up... a nice sleep. Yeah, it was really weird. I mean, I was still plagued with my usual like strange nightmare dreams. Mm. Um, but I'm just... And like tonight, I think I'm going to go to sleep early again. So I, I don't like know. this for you. I have to say, I don't know if the sleep is good. You know, like how there's good sleep and then there's like sleep. Yeah, I don't think I've. It, it doesn't feel like it's quality sleep. It feels very energetically. You feel like you're restless. You feel like you're having restless sleep. Yeah, I'm up all night having like awful dreams where like oftentimes Anthony has to like wake me up because I'm yelling and oh no, yeah, a lot of that going on right now. That's like that's like me style. Are you doing that lately? Have you been having mm, not over the last like week? But I mean, I definitely do it enough that Matt Matt like now knows how to handle it. 
now he doesn't get freaked out when I say that there are like robbers in the house. <laughs> robbers. That's the word you use, robber? Yes, robbers. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. You, but you wake up and have like your eyes are open and you're talking, but you're asleep, right? Yes. I'm like not asleep though. I'm like half awake. Right. Oh God, that's scary. It's very weird. Anyway, I'm looking forward to reading this article, even though I haven't really had insomnia. I know it's interesting. I don't feel like you have had sleep challenges through this time. And that might also not be the way like your stress manifests itself. Yeah. I mean, I've had night terrors, which I normally have. Um, And I probably have had more during this pandemic, to be perfectly honest. But I haven't had insomnia. Knock on wood, except when I was pregnant, insomnia has not been a thing that I've been afflicted with. Just night terrors. (laughs) So I don't know. (laughs) Something terrible in its own right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know. I would I I imagine many people are having very weird sleep right now. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yes. Well, one thing that's not sleeping are my feet. <laughs> Great segue. Thank you, Dory. Thank you. Tell me what has been going on because I'm dying to know. Okay, so remember I talked to you a little bit about how I was going to buy indoor shoes. Oh, I sure do. And my friends recommended UFOs. Yes. Well, yes, I do. My UFOs arrived. And this, and I actually need to hop onto my personal Instagram because I asked people for recommendations and I got all sorts of things that basically amounted to like Birkenstocks, uh, Crocs. Oh, like house Birkenstocks. Interesting. Yes. And one thing a lot of people said was like, whatever you want can be an indoor shoe. Just buy a shoe you like and wear it inside. But that, like, I mean, is still hard for me to wrap my head around. That's kind of what I did with the pool slides. But I feel like the pool slides are actually getting kind of stretched out, and I might need to invest in a new pair of house shoes. Listen, so I'm very curious to hear how these UFOs are working out for okay, you. Okay, so I just got them. I got I ordered two pairs because I was trying to decide between a slide and a flop. Okay. Or a thong, a thong, as we might say. Well, now I've, now after talking with my friend Cody, who was the one who originally recommended them and hearing what other people have said, I might keep them both and have one be an outdoor UFO and one be an indoor one. Ooh, plot twist. They're really, they're so infinitely more comfortable than my Birkenstocks and my Crocs. It like wow. doesn't. It like doesn't even compare. And then I put my feet back into my Crocs the other day, and I was like, "Ugh, <laughs> get these off of like, my feet! This is disgusting. <laughs> this isn't supportive." <laughs> these UFOs were created as a recovery footwear, and they claim to reduce stress on quote sore feet, knees, back, and give a new meaning to comfort. And yes, they have arch support because I know people will ask. And I got to say, they're bonkers comfortable. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like it's like walking in a very padded rocking chair. 
Ooh. Because they kind of have like this. I don't quite know what that means. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't. But a good... it sounds comfortable. It wasn't a good description. But they they basically almost. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. They're just really, com- really comfortable. More than wow. any. More than any. More than my Dansko clogs. More than like okay. every comfort shoe. I've ever put on. Like I might now buy wow. lots of uh, lots of these things. Yeah, more than like Tevas or like definitely no disrespect to your old navy pool slides, way way more comfortable than your pool slides. Oh, I believe it. I mean, these pool slides I think were not intended to be worn all day every day. <laughs> I mean, fair. So, I look, if you are looking for a sh- one of your if you are a person with like body pain or foot pain and you need a comfortable shoe they make they also make like sneakers and like slip-ons so I, i'm not this is not an endorsed recommendation i know it sounds like i'm being sponsored by Ufos. this is hashtag not an ad not an ad just uh my my dogs are not barking today dory is my dogs are quiet my dogs I might do. even my dogs might be dead oh no this didn't that didn't work they're asleep <laughs> They're napping. They're napping. <laughs> they Taking have clogs. a nice, long, cozy nap. Ufos makes clogs, which I might have to buy. Oh, look at you. I can't start collecting these shoes, but people need... And, and you know, a lot of people in my Instagram comments recommended these Ufos. So um, I'm not the first person to figure this out. I'm the last, but I'm glad to be here. Wow. I'm I'm happy for you. I might also... Look into these. I would look into them because I think they have options for all. You know, like if you're not a flip-flop person, they have they have lots of different choices. I mean, everyone get into it. I mean, you are really selling me. They're I have to say. So comfortable. I don't know, like I'm excited to walk my dog tonight after this cuz I'm going to try the flip-flops around the block. Wow. Yeah. 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 Look at you. Look, you know, I got to find joy. I got to find joy somewhere. Right now, it, it looks like there's hey. a fireball burning outside my house. You know, it's like. I, yes, I fully get it. It's I fully, fully get it. Crazy times. So if my feet are comfortable, I'm going to just go with it. Amen. Okay. So that is where I'm at. I'm well, very. Can I just I'm say. Sorry, no, ahead. I was just going to say I'm very excited because you have like a product party to recommend to to our listeners. I do have a product party. So, okay. People have been asking, I feel like I've been asking for for months why we haven't tried Brio Geo. I use their shampoo. Okay, we haven't talked about it. Sorry. I like it. I use it. It's fine. Um but I've been meaning to buy their stuff and finally I took the plunge and I got quite a few products. And as you know, one of my issues is folliculitis on my scalp and just kind of like feeling like I need some like deep scalp cleaning. So I got their scalp therapy essentials kit, which comes with their shampoo, which is a charcoal and coconut oil micro exfoliating shampoo. You really like get in there. Then they also have a charcoal and peppermint oil cooling jelly conditioner which is also quite lovely there is also a charcoal and tea tree scalp treatment which 
as I'm sure many people know, people use tea tree oil to treat pimples. So, you know, that's, that's a, that's an ingredient that is, that is known to treat these issues. And then it also came with a stimulating therapy massager, which I realize sounds like a vibrator, but it is not battery powered. It's just like a, a kind of like a handheld uh, brush with, with, with longer, thicker prongs, mm. if you will, that you use in the shower to like stimulate your scalp. Oh, this sounds nice. I haven't used the scalp treatment yet, so I cannot weigh in on that. But I have used the shampoo, the conditioner, and the massager. Ooh, ooh. I really like all of them. Okay. And I'm alternating using that stuff with the shampoo and conditioner from their Blossom and Bloom line, which is supposed to be volumizing. And I also got this volumizing powder that I've not also not used yet. So I'll report back on that after I have at, used it. Uh, Long hair Dory just really going in here. I mean, it's a whole new world up in my head. Your head. <laughs> <sighs> oh, well, ex- you know, I'm excited. I'm, I just can't wait to hear more about this because I, I want to try some of these scalp products. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm into them so far. My scalp feels good. Doesn't feel like there's like buildup on it. Ugh. So, you know, we'll see. Okay. I also come to you with a pop culture recommendation. Lay it on me. Cobra Kai on Netflix. Starring Ralph Macchio? Starring Ralph Macchio and the other guy. <laughs> you know, what's his face? Uh, the blonde guy? Yes, okay. William something. No disrespect to him, but Ralph, no disrespect. Ralph was the one we all had a crush on. Exactly, but now this series um, focus William Zabka, that's his name. Oh, okay, okay focuses on the guy who came in second to Ralph Macchio back in the day. Okay. And, you know, their lives have really diverged. Daniel Russo owns a, a a string of car dealerships in the Valley in this telling. And Johnny Lawrence is like, he's really struggling. He's got a drinking problem. He can't keep a job. He lives in like a shitty apartment. He's divorced. He doesn't talk to his kid. Like just, you know, classic. Everything is bad in his life. And it all stems from coming in second. Stop. Really? (laughs) Yes. When he was, you know, 18 years old in 1984. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, you know, it's a little cheesy. It's a little over the top. But I... I am enjoying it. It's not, it's not the most, I wouldn't call it the most complex or thought provoking show exactly, but it's, it's, it's entertainment. Kate. It is just entertainment. Well, I think entertainment is not, not just valid and necessary, but like, but vital. And it's one of the reasons I really hate the term like guilty pleasures and trash, trashy books and all those. Yes. Yes, I am with you. Good TV I will needs also not be critical thinking. Okay. Totally. And I was also reminded because I've been watching all of these hour long shows. Mm. A half hour show is really a delight. Yeah, you can knock it out. Exactly. As you know, I mean, Shit's Creek is a half hour. I've watched Shit's Creek five <laughs> times or six times. So that was also fun. I guess this show originally aired on YouTube. 
there was like a brief moment when YouTube was getting into scripted television. And then they were like, JK, we're not doing scripted TV anymore. Bye, Cobra Kai. And then Netflix was like, we'll take you. And so then they, I guess they shot season two for Netflix, but now they're showing seasons one and two on Netflix. And will there be a season three? I don't know. Okay. I have I have not looked into that. Um, I feel like, I mean, I think it's also like my demographic of people is watching it. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like a lot of people I know have been talking about it on social media um, because it's like squarely for those of us in our 40s. But I think I think it will also appeal to people who are not my age. Um, so, yeah. So just, you know, uh, uh, some nice entertainment. A little, it's a little soapy, mm. you know, a little melodramatic. They're really leaning into this guy being down on his luck. Well, because it's going to turn around for him. I mean, let's hope. I don't know what those actors have really been up to in the last, you know, 35 years. But I'm, this makes me happy that they are here doing this. I mean, I'm going to say not much. I feel like Ralph Macchio's had a career, right? Has he? Well, you know, I'm I on mean, like his, he's on he's his... known. He's certainly known. Oh my god, he's 58. He looks good. <laughs> he does look good. I gotta say, he looks good. Okay, so he's been in. He's been in. He's been in stuff. Oh God, he's been a working actor. <sighs> Ralph Macchio, being 58 years old, like really sends home how old I am. Right. Yeah. Like I'm starting to really feel like, oh boy, the eighties were a long time ago. They're a weird relic. A long time ago. Yeah. Long time ago. Oh boy. Oh boy. Anyway, Cobra Kai. Okay. I'll take it. Recommend I love it. it. Thank you. Yep. This is great. You are so welcome. All right. Let's take a short break. And then when we come back, we're going to be talking with the amazing Rebecca Carroll. Oh. I loved this conversation. All right. Can't wait. Okay. Be right back. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons 
from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events, there's weddings, there's nights out, it's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Hey, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say like I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires and just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, "Oh god, like get this off of me." <laughs> No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts 
and teas. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what? I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. Yeah. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. Okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Our guest today is Rebecca Carroll. Rebecca, welcome to Forever 35. We're thrilled you're here. Hey, thanks for having me. Rebecca is the host and managing editor of Come Through at WNYC Studios and a writer whose work has appeared in the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, New York Magazine, and The Atlantic, among many other esteemed publications. And she is also the author of several books, including Surviving the White Gaze, a coming-of-age memoir, which is due out from Simon & Schuster in February 2021. I cannot wait to read it. Wish it was coming out today, but we'll have to talk to you again when it comes back out. (laughs) Uh, But welcome to the show. We, We always kick things off with our guests by asking them to share a self-practice that is significant in their own lives, be it big or small. So we'd love to know if there's something that you do on a regular basis that brings you a sense of care. Yes, there are a couple of things. There's the thing that I do for myself, which is run. Mm. Um, And then there's the thing that I do that's sort of more holistic for my son. And that is I make him, I cook for him. (laughs) You know, like he is a teenager, so he pretty much rolls out of bed at about noon or 11. Um, and I've already been working for a bit, but in, invariably he will say what's for breakfast at noon. Um, <laughs> and that <laughs> is usually like, I'll make, I'll go ahead and make pancakes or bacon, egg and cheese, or like a really semi elaborate breakfast. Um, and it's just a kind of, it's just out of love and it feels um it it feels like a, an act of caring that is also a kind of bonding thing for us. And I feel really grateful to be able to do that 
um, is one of like the very few silver linings of this pandemic and the quarantine is that I've been able to find self-care through mothering and parenting mm -hmm. in a way that, you know, I sort of, you, you sort of lose in between the kind of nursing years <laughs> and the, and the teen years. Um, so that, yeah, I would say that. Is that something that was happening before this quarantine experience where everyone was home together? Were, were, did you still have this kind of cooking care relationship with your son or has that just recently developed? No, I mean, I have always, and, and this is going to make listeners groan. I've always done, uh, made two dinners <laughs> because, uh, you know, starting just because if you have children and I think one of you do. Um, yeah, we both, we both do. do. You do. Yeah. Okay. The, so the kid eats first, generally. I mean, I know people who all eat together, but we um, have, have always had it where my son eats first and then my husband and I would eat together. That has changed because now we all eat at different times. But I, I, um, I've always done that. But the breakfast thing, um, not so much because when he was going to school, it's just like getting out of the house. Um, and there's no time to really make something kind right. of lovely. Um, so that's like, you know, that's a, that's a whole kind of, we know we have the time he comes out <laughs> sort of, you know, disheveled. Um, and, and it's, it, it, you know, I know that what he, I know that he receives it um, as an mm. act of love and not as a sort of expectation. That's really beautiful. And I also really appreciate you uh, talking about the challenging of the challenging, the challenge of feeding kids. Um, because so much of the messaging that I think people have received in the last few years is like, uh, like we're all going to eat together mm -hmm. and our kids, your kids are going to eat what you eat. And like, that's a wonderful intention, but it's much harder to execute. And, um, yeah, I also just don't think it's like the hill to die on. I mean, I just, I think, you know, um, we're all, I mean, we live in Brooklyn. We live in a very small apartment. We're all, you know, we're tight. We know we, we get enough FaceTime together, right. you know? <laughs> um, and so, you know, we, we spend, um, we spend Thanksgiving with my sort of chosen family, black family, um, and, you know, and her family, immediate family. And we, and we all sit down and we, you know, we prayer, we do a prayer, even though we're not especially religious. And I feel like once a year, we have that real sense of everybody's at the table. Like it's a real, like familial, lovely thing. But the rest of the time, you know, we're just trying to like, we're just trying to live <laughs> and, yeah. and figure out a pace that works for each of us. And I'm so mindful also of my son not having, you know, the opportunity to individuate in a way that is normal right now in terms of social interaction and feedback. And so I really cut him a wide swath in terms of individuating. So if he wants me to make him, you know, garlic Parmesan wings for dinner, and then I'm going to go ahead and make something else for me and my husband, that is fine. That's absolutely fine. Have tiramisu for breakfast. I don't know. <laughs> First of all, the, those all sound like delicious. I want garlic wings. Yeah, that they are delicious. actually pretty good. I'll send you the recipe. Thank you. Please do. We would love to share it. Um, I, I love you speaking about your son. I want to. I want to talk more about him later because I had a chance to listen to your Ten Things That Scare Me" episode. Mm, mm -hmm. um, let's just talk about it now because it's a question that I I, ha I had after listening to it. Um, 
and this is a podcast where you just where people are invited to discuss 10 10 things that scare them and one of the ones that you listed was being enough for your son Mm -hmm. and then you tell this this kind of beautiful anecdote about how you were speaking to him about wanting him to have specifically black role models and Mm -hmm. he in return listed you as a role model for him it made me cry it made me the whole thing made me cry and and just just kind of hearing you discuss what it means to kind of realize you are enough for him as a parent was just so moving. I, I was wondering if you could could speak to that a little bit. Yeah, you know, I mean, I had to hold myself together with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that was one of those moments where I certainly had to uh, keep myself composed um, because it really, I really did not anticipate it. And that was what was like the, the most, like in, in tandem, it was so moving to not expect it and to hear it, um, you know, and, and for him to really believe believe that and know that in his heart of hearts was just, um, you know, I mean, it's what it's, it's, you'll see and read more about it, of course, when the book comes out, but there are several of these anecdotes where, you know, I realized through my son, how, how important is not even the right word, but how his existence and growing him in my body and having us be each other's black family and how, I mean, how that really, how that resonates um, for me and how that resonates for him, which is that I'm his black mother, the only mother he's ever known, which just is, you know, it's, it's, I know that, that women (laughs) have been having babies forever. That's sort of how we keep the human race going. (laughs) Um, But for me, it was so, it was so astonishing that this person formed in my body and came out looking like me and his father, though I focus on (laughs) 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 that he looks on me. I'm not going to lie. And, and just the way that, you know, that he, um, that he, you know, every so often will say something and it's just, it almost knocks me over. Um, But it's also obviously something that, that, has changed my life and, um, and made me feel whole. Um, and that sounds really cheesy, but that's the truth of it. I don't think it's, I don't, I mean, we, uh, we operate in cheesiness often here on this show. So I'm I'm also learning to embrace it. I'm learning to embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I feel like as we age, these things that we once deemed cheesy, like we actually really see the value in them. Yes. Yeah, because yes. what is cheesy? It's earnestness, right? right? I know. I was just thinking the other day about how like people come into your life at, at a particular time for a reason. Because I'm anticipating, you know, all of this sort of backlash when the memoir comes out because, you know, there are boyfriends, there are, I mean, everybody's names are changed, but everybody's going to know who they are. Um, and just thinking about how people come into your life at a, at a specific time for a reason, which like 20 year old me would have been like, that is so cheesy. Right. Mm. But it's actually kind of true. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think about all those times when I was worried about, like, I think when you're worried, something is cheesy, you're worried how other people are going to perceive you. And it's about being kind of, 
confident enough in yourself to say like, no, this is something that I really believe. I'm so glad you said that because I also think that in terms of getting older, it is when you actually understand what confidence means. Like Mm -hmm. I've been thinking a lot about sort of the trajectory of my career and how I've been sort of at this for a while. And, you know, now I'm 51 and really sort of like hitting a very nice creative and professional stride. Um, And how I believe that that is because I I didn't really understand what it meant to be confident and, and Mm. what that means to be now is to believe what you're saying, to mm. know what you're saying, and to know to know where your impact is is best met. It's interesting hearing you say that because I feel like that really comes through. <laughs> this is so dumb. Uh, it comes through on come through. <laughs> and one of the one of the just one of the notes I made in our document is what an amazing interviewer you are. Um, but the, well, the things you. that you just described are what, I, now that you say that, is what is coming across in the conversations that you're that you're having on your show, is a, a confidence and an understanding in in kind of the vitality and the importance of these conversations. And that really sh- like it d- just clicked in my brain because hearing you say that, I'm like, oh, I see that when or I hear that when I I hear you hear you talk to your guests. I'm so glad um, that that comes through. Uh, <laughs> um, because I have, you know, I, I've, I've had to really reconcile that that's, it is, that is where we, that's where I am. That's how it's, that's how it all played out. Um, you know, and how my twenties, you know, writing a memoir and excavating, you know, your youth and, and for me in my twenties, which were just a shit show. Um, I mean, for me internally, uh, you know, from the outset, I, I sort of held it together pretty well. Um, but it, it's like, I really thought I was going to, I thought I was going to dig in and, and get more recognition for my work much sooner. Um, but, but again, and this is the bitch about getting older, right? Is that everything starts to make sense and you're on the other side, <laughs> you're on the other side um, of uh of 30 or 40, you know, and you're going in the other direction. Um, so I, I think a lot about like, not, you know, 50 is the new 30 or any of that kind of crappy um, platitudinous stuff, but just, just figuring out how to really embrace that, you know, the, it happens when it happens. And um, there's real, I feel real gratitude about that. Um, I also feel, you know, fearful about, um, being able to enjoy it for long enough. Um, you know, everybody I think is thinking a lot about mortality, um, right now, especially, um, but you know, like Chadwick Boseman's death really fucked me up. Like that really fucked me up and just thinking, okay, do, do you, you know, you read all of these accounts and people say, well, you never thought it could happen. I think about it all the time. (laughs) I think it could mm-hmm. happen all the time. I'm like, okay, I'm 51. So let's see, I could probably get another four good years in that amount of time. I'll see co- my son graduate. I'll, the book will come, you know, like I think about that stuff all the time. Um, but so I've been, I've been just really trying to practice um, presence 
you know, being present in the gratitude, which is also, I think cheesy is the theme of our, of our <laughs> conversation today. Um, right. Uh, because, um, because that's all we have, right? Yeah. I wanted to ask, you know, we were talking about your career and I've been following your writing for years and you've done a lot of different things in your career written for many different outlets. And like, that's a struggle as someone who is also freelanced and tried to do that hustle. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, like, how have you navigated this landscape? And have there been people or mentors along the way who have believed in you and kind of helped you to keep going? I'm going to say um, yes and no. Um, I think, you know, journalism and media, um, as you know, and as so many industries in America are extraordinarily white. And, um, and I didn't have the tools and nor the confidence, you know, when I was first starting out to understand that these, these sort of microaggressions or things that felt odd or off to me were actually, you know, sort of these, these tiny moments of racism that I felt guilty (laughs) about Mm -hmm. identifying. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, and so being in journalism in terms of having mentors, um, you know, there are a lot of, of white women editors um, who I have worked with who felt less like mentors and more like peers that I had to kind of um, sort of keep in my line of vision, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that I, so that they looked out for my work. Um, I will say that um, Gloria Steinem has been a real champion of mine. Mm. Um, I met her uh, when I had an idea for a book that is sort of like come through the version, the book version of come through about 10 years ago, a decade ago. And I wrote her a cold email and said, here's my idea. And she invited me into her home and we talked for over an hour. And, um, and since then, she's just, she, she's just been a, a, a champion and, and not in a sort of like weird, flashy, this looks good for me kind of way. Yeah. But I just know that she, um, that she believes I, I, I had a very difficult experience at one media company um, with a kind of tyrannical um, boss. And, mm. and I remember calling Gloria one day and just, you know, just feeling kind of crushed. And she just said, don't you, don't you dare allow that woman to steal your confidence and to crush your, your sense of, of purpose and your oh. ambition. Um, I'll never forget that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. What that's, an, really, that's really powerful. Yeah. Did it work? Like, did hearing someone say that to you? Yes. It did. Okay. Because I feel like that's good to know because. Yeah. I mean, a lot those, of the time. Yeah, exactly. No, no. I was going to say a lot of the time those things sound like you're just <laughs> saying that you're not in my shoes. You don't know what this feels like. But I knew that she did know what it felt like um, and that she knew what she was talking about and that she has, she, you know, her experiential wisdom is, is, you know, say, you can say a lot of things and black women can say, have been critical, I know of her, um, in particular, but, but her experiential wisdom and the way that she has navigated her, her, her career and her views and her life and her womanness is, is just undeniable. Um, and I, I trust her. 
you you have some amazing conversations about mental health on mm. on your show um and specifically about mental health in the black community and and uh, among black women um i want to talk first about a mantra that you you shared and then kind of speak to um the larger experience of mental health in the black community but one thing you, you there's a wonderful episode you have with um bossy ikpi and you mm-hmm. share this this mantra that you've connected i think it's in you have kind of a, a more recent interview with her and then um you share the one that was recorded kind of prior like pre-pandemic or i forget exactly the timing but i believe in the one that's during the pandemic you share this a mantra that uh, is to cultivate gratitude, to do the quarantine rules and keep it moving. Yeah. Um, and could you tell us kind of how you landed, landed on that? And I, I, we're wondering if it, that's also still resonating with you right now. Absolutely. I mean, more maybe than ever. Although mm. my son asked me this morning if we're still in quarantine and I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, but you go to the grocery store like every other day. So like, we're not, <laughs> we're not, I, I go with a mask though. Um, so, so cultivating gratitude um, again, you know, one of these sort of buzz kind of sounding phrases. Um, I just, there's so many things that could, that could go wrong right now. And we are so deeply, deeply blessed to have our health, to have each other, to be able to, you know, feed ourselves and help other folks who can't. Um, And so I, you know, again, like gratitude, the idea of gratitude um, came to me like, like a, like a, I don't know, um, in this kind of volcanic way you know, just sort of erupted because I spent so much time in survival mode, um, trying to, uh, trying to not overstep, um, the, the, the boundaries set for who I was supposed to be, um, by my birth mother, by my dad. Um, and I never really, I could never really make a clear path to gratitude because there were so many conflicting, barriers um, along the way. And so after I had my son, like this notion of gratitude just kind of woo, exploded. Um, and, and in the time since, you know, 15 years or so, I have, have come to really value and realize that that's something that you can feel um, both on a visceral level and also an intellectual level. Um, and and you can cultivate that. You you know you can make that something that is that is real and intensified and in place. Um, and then you know the quarantine rules. I mean that's you know you just got to do that. You just got to you got to do those things and then keep it moving. Is you know is creating like that's my salvation. Like writing and storytelling and you know I've always done collage art. I'm very much a collagist thinker. Um, so, you know, the, that the book is coming to, at this, at, you know, in the same time as the, as the podcast. And, um, I've got a couple of other writing projects happening, um, dabbling in TV a little bit. And so that it's all sort of coming together at this time, you know, I'm just going to receive it and keep it moving. Can I also ask what you are consuming right now? Like, what are you Mm. reading and listening to and watching right now that's resonating with you? So the one thing um, that I listen to uh, when I read, when I, when I run every week without 
um, fail is the read. Um, mm-hmm. That's my podcast. And so yeah. if it, if I run, I try to space it out usually because they're so long, which is nice. And so I can listen to like three over th- the course of three runs. Um, but uh, but when when they're when I've run out of it, an episode, um, I've been sort of <laughs> experimenting, um, listening to other things. And I just I've listened now to three episodes of this of this podcast, Smartless, which is hosted by Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes and Will Arnett. And I I don't even know why I like it. I think probably because I would listen to Jason Bateman read the phone book. I just, <laughs> I love him. I love the tenor and the punctuation and the humor and the, the silliness. And they, and they basically just, they have a guest, but then they just give each other a lot of shit. Um, and it's just very, I don't know. It's so, and it's so antithetical to my life that there's something kind of like breezy and boyish and I don't know it's an energy that I that that even though I live with two males um I don't they don't they don't have that kind of like breezy white male Hollywood like kind of tenor like my husband and son Mm -hmm. talk about basketball sneakers and music period (laughs) yeah that's what I hear um but so so I've listened to Smartless three episodes I don't know if I will continue um I am reading um, Cast by Isabel Wilkerson. Mm. I'm reading Memorial Drive by Natasha Trethewey. I'm uh, rereading Evil Geniuses by Kurt Anderson because I'm doing a thing with him um, uh, at the Brooklyn, not at the Brooklyn Public Library, but in conversation. It's my first Zoom thing like that. I don't know how it works, but I'm doing that. So I'm rereading that. Oh, and listening to music because... You know, my son, here's the way we, we can, he loops me in to these conversations. The sneakers, you know, like he values my taste, but he also knows that I'm paying for it. Um, <laughs> uh, and then with the, with, the, with the sports, it's like um, I try to get interested in, and I will watch a basketball game, but I, I, I'd rather do something else. Um, but probably about, I don't know, five or six years ago, they were watching a basketball game. And I was like, Ooh, those outfits, those outfits are nice. And he was like, mom, they're not outfits. They're uniforms. <laughs> so now, you know, he'll be watching something and I'll be, cause I work at the kitchen table and he'd be like, mom, those outfits, what do you think? <laughs> so we, I weigh in on that. And then music, he's been trying to get me to listen to the music that, that, he likes, which isn't all trap, though a lot of it is, um, because he, you know, he uh, he tells me all you listen to is Salt and Pepper, <laughs> old Salt and Pepper, uh, like The Roots, like Outcast, um, you know, like all of this old stuff, and so or Kendrick. You're so obsessed with Kendrick Lamar, Mom. So um, I try. I've been trying to listen to some of his recommendations, which have included J Cole. Uh, ASAP Rocky and one more whose name I'm going to forget. Oh, Joey Badass. It's so crazy to me that like Outcast is considered old music. Right? Oh my I god. Know. And the Roots. What? Come I on. know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Ugh. You sound like you have such a great relationship with your son. It's really, <laughs> it's really fun to hear about. Especially like, my kids are seven and nine, and Dory's got a, a little toddler, so it's fun hearing about these teens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, he's, um, he's always been a snuggler, which I'm super grateful for. And even though he, you know, again, very mindful of his sense of individuating and having the space, you know, that he needs. Um, but you know, I mean, at the end of the day, we watch, we do watch TV. He does put his feet on my lap. We do, mm-hmm. you know, you know, still, um, I still get hugs. Um, so I can tell you that if you've got snugglers, they'll, they'll, they'll keep snuggling at least until 15. <laughs> <sighs> snugglers for life yeah. <laughs> i would love for us to dig into your your book um because it's i, I know it seems like it's been i i it just I, I feel like we we are hearing it in everything we're talking about this kind of um everything that you're going to get to talk about in your book and so i would love for you to tell us and tell our listeners about your memoir about the experience of writing your memoir and and how you got to a place where you you felt like you you could write it so it's been marinating for a long time and um i've thought about writing a memoir um for probably 20 years or so um and i did sort of you know i've done a lot of personal essays and writing um but i think <laughs> I think without giving away, I mean, there was a, there's an anecdote in the book it's, and it's all the way at the end of the book, but something happened again with my son where I realized that I was exactly where I needed to be. Um, and that I had, I had found the voice the way I wanted it to sound as a writer. Um, and a lot of that came also after, um, Mike Brown was shot in Ferguson and my son was very fearful for me at first and then for himself. And it tapped into a kind of rage that I had not indulged before. Mm. Um, And in large part, I felt that toward my parents who I had sort of long struggled with in terms of their choice to uh, not, not just adopt me, but to then, raise me in an all white environment as if that was just fine or there wouldn't be any trauma around that or if that it would be fine for for them to go you know cradle to grave without knowing any other black people besides their daughter um so so i think that 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 i mean for a lot of people the the killing of mike brown was a galvanizing event but for me it really tapped into being a mother and being a writer and being a black woman. And that's, that's when I felt like I'm exactly where I should be to take this on. And it was really incredibly hard to figure out what to tell and what not to tell. I mean, any memoir writer will tell you this, um, you know, cause you're not one story, you know, you're, you're mm-hmm. a bunch of stories, but, um, but, but what I did know is that there was a, a rage that that I couldn't I couldn't you know couldn't close that back down um, and that I had to really trust it and so I set to to work on a proposal um, and my my agent Maria Massey um, who is an extraordinary agent worked so hard and so diligently with me to write this proposal that was full of rage that but that was also um, it was the most, it was really 
honest and um and it felt like i was i was reading writing that i really liked um and i had been you know hard on myself as as a lot of writers are on you know finding my voice and not to sound too writerly and trying to live up to Toni Morrison and all the rest. But I had reached a point, and again, I, I attribute this largely to, you know, getting older and <clears throat> understanding what confidence means and learning how what to do with that and how to use that. Um, and so I knew also that I had to be not just confident enough, but strong enough to um, to contend with uh, the responses from my respective families, my birth family and my adoptive family. Um, and I have a foundation in my husband and my son that I didn't have before. Um, I, I feel, I feel held up. I feel really grounded. Um, and so I, I couldn't have done it without that sense for sure. I can't wait. I'm, I can't wait to read it. That comes out in February, 2021. Is that right? That's right. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, Rebecca, it was just announced that there's going to be a second season of come through, which is really exciting. It's essential listening. And do you know when that's going to air? And um, hopefully AS, no pressure, but hopefully <laughs> ASAP. Yeah. We're and, trying. And, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, and and just uh, what what you might be covering, especially you know if it's coming out soon and cordon, you know kind of aligning with the presidential race, or just tell us about what we can expect on the, the second season. Right. Um, so we're hoping for um, an early October uh, uh, launch for for season two. Um, you know what's funny is that when we were envisioning the pot, the first season, it was essential conversations in a pivotal year for America. And at the time in the fall of 2019, that pivot or that pivotal was an election year, right? And then um, that pivotal pivoted <laughs> to a pandemic. Um, there's some alliteration there for you. Um, and so, but but as it turns out, of course, uh, all of those conversations became, you know, as essential, if not more so and urgent during the pandemic. Um, you know, which just continues to disproportionately impact uh, black and brown folks. Um, and so it, it, that was kind of a, an interesting and kind of scary challenge to to find my way into those conversations after thinking it was going to be more about the run up to this election, which is extremely um, worrisome and anxiety provoking. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm not a wonk. I'm not a policy wonk. I'm not a political, you know, like I, obviously I am political, but I am not, you know, going to sit and talk about the debates or, or, you know, the sort of the weeds of all of that. But I do think that these, the conversations, okay. So what I want to do with the second season, because we're doing, we're, we're in this, what racial reckoning, whatever that means. Because for me, a racial reckoning, it's not really a reckoning unless we sort of map the trajectory of what people were thinking before the reckoning happened and what they're going to be thinking in six months or a year. And right in the bullseye of that is this election. 
right? So, so we're seeing, you know, we're seeing um, all these, you know, emergency DEI initiatives and mm-hmm. panic money being thrown at them and, and, you know, various hires that are all very deserving, but also optically um, are kind of like, huh, so why didn't that hire happen two years ago? Or, and it's not even like, we don't know why it happened. We do know why it happened, but I want people to have that conversation and to be fully transparent and accountable and track that evolution. Because, you know, I, I, lately I've been sort of thinking about another (laughs) mantra, which is like, we're not here to grow old. We're here to evolve, right? Like Mm -hmm. we want to see the way in which our brains get bigger and our, you know, our, our perspectives get more um, inclusive and uh, kaleidoscopic and, um, and we challenge ourselves and we challenge each other. Well, we can't recommend come through enough. And I'm so excited. It was so wonderful to see the announcement of a second season yeah. just when we were about to interview ah. you. It was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Rebecca, it's, yeah. it's been really wonderful to get to talk to you today. Um, we would love just to give our listeners all the places on the internet or in print where they can find you, listen to you, read your words, all that good stuff. Huh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what is see. the breakdown? What is your uh, Instagram what is handle? The breakdown? <laughs> My Instagram handle is rebel June Marie. Um, and my Twitter is Rebel19. You might see a theme here. My mm-hmm. nickname in college was Rebel. Um, and where else am I? What's your website? Oh, that is Rebecca Simone Carroll. Great. Yeah. And, and our, you know, our, our podcast is on Apple and wherever you listen to your podcast. <laughs> and is your book, <laughs> is your book available for pre-order yet? Yes. Yes, it okay. is. Yes. So we talked about this. Yeah. Yeah, definitely pre-order Surviving the White Gaze. Um, Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. It's been great. It was really, really great to talk to you. Thank you. Such a pleasure. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I know. visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, One Skin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with 
all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mm-mm-mm. That was truly thought-provoking, interesting, inspiring, inspiring, passionate. I mean, how many more adjectives can I throw out? It was, it, I really, really enjoyed talking to Rebecca. Yeah. And I want to give one more plug for Come Through. It's such a great podcast. You can listen to the first season right now, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And I'm so excited there's going to be a second season. Yes, it's, really it's a great. really, it's really, really good. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, Kate, let's get into the intention zone. You last week, your daughter had asked about doing some volunteering. She did. And you were working on finding an activity that you could all do together. So how is that going? It's going well. We have our first family lunch making happening next Sunday. There is a group here in LA called Hangout Do Good, and they have this uh, kind of organized lunch making uh, for unhoused people in Los Angeles where you make bag lunches from home and you drop them off at various locations and they're distributed that day. So we're going to all do that together. I put it on our calendar. I've told everybody. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. And I think it will, you know, I, my kids are really like they, are actively concerned about their community, which mm-hmm. I'm very proud of. Like, and that's of yeah. their own accord. It's not like me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm staring at my phone most of the time. So they're they're good citizens. And yeah, but you you uh, model I this behavior. Try. Let me tell you, you know, you do. we did some water donating this week this weekend because um, it was 118 degrees here in Los so Angeles. Hot. It was crazy. So yeah, so we we scheduled that, and I think that. I think that will be not just like will be good to do something for, you know, our neighbors, but also something that we can do together as a family, which is nice, you know, and that yeah. isn't just like staring at each other or staring at, you know, TV or video games. So 
I'm excited about it. I'm really excited. That's so cool. I'm so I'm I'm really glad that that worked out. I will let you know how it goes. I'll report back in a week. Great. Um, what about this week? Well, this week, you know, it's funny. It's kind of inspired by that Washington Post article I mentioned earlier about how no one can sleep, even though in the article, yes. it's like, so-and-so tried meditation, but nothing works. And I was like, good point. <laughs> I think I'm still going to try meditation this week. Uh, you know, I really enjoy meditating, but I've, I, and I'm sure this has been my intention in the past in this podcast, but uh, it's ne- I've never consistently done it and I don't expect to like walk away from this week becoming like being someone who consistently meditates. Right. But I was curious of like, what if I did it three times this week, you know, five minutes, a pop, just see how it, what, what time of day are you doing it? Um, I, you know, well, I've tried a bunch of sleep meditations over the last like week or two and with like mixed results. Um, so this morning I meditated after I exercised, which was really mm-hmm. nice. I think I like it better during the day as mm-hmm. kind of like a tool to like refresh as opposed to a tool to like help me snooze. But I don't know. I just, I'm going to be open to it. I did it today. I have two more times to go this week and we'll see what happens. Ooh, I'm excited for you. I, look, I mean, nothing could happen, but at least it's like five <laughs> minutes I spend with my eyes closed um yeah okay totally how was putting your phone away when you were around your son so i've actually been pretty good about this it it, i think it helps for me to like state the intention it really does i'm gonna do it it's like when we when we put this in like the first ever forever 35 show document it was kind of just like oh why don't we do this at the end of the episode and instead, it's like really a useful practice. Totally. So, especially in the morning, you know, I I, I used to just like get up, grab my phone, mm. get Henry, and then we would go into the playroom and I would have my phone with me. Because also we call my parents in the morning. So, you know, oh, I would like do? have my phone. Do you call yeah. them every morning? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really sweet. We FaceTime them. Oh, man. Yeah. Um. But now I've started just leaving my phone in the kitchen. And then when it's time to call my parents, I say, I tell Henry that I'm going to go get my phone so we can call my parents. So that's been like a nice change. And I feel, I, I definitely feel more present. Mm. Um, and just, you know, just, yeah, just more, just more present, more like aware of, of what he's up to. So that's nice. That's awesome. Um, and then just like, you know, obviously during the day also just trying to not instinctively grab my phone mm. every time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, I do. It's, it's hard. Um, but yeah, I feel like I'm, it, it, I'm getting better at it. It's good to be mindful of it. And yeah. So, and then this week... I want to get back into restorative yoga. I was I was on like a really good restorative yoga kick in the beginning of the pandemic. I don't know if you remember. I was doing a lot of like wind down bedtime yoga with yoga with Adrian. I do remember. I think my mind is blurred because you also were like power walking up a storm every day. Not power walking, but like you were a very active, had like a walk schedule. And that is when I think of like March and April, I think of like you doing walks as self-care. But I also, mm-hmm. now that you mention it, I do remember you were doing nighttime yoga. You did that. I was doing. You did a sound bath. 
I did a sound bath that was not very good. Right, but you, <laughs> but you did it. But I did a sound bath. But but more consistently, I was doing like yoga with Adrian. She has these like ten like ten minute yoga restorative or yoga for sleep or whatever. And I was doing a lot of those. Um, and I haven't been doing them. So I don't know if I'm going to necessarily go back to those or if I might do something else, but I would like to get back in the restorative yoga habit. I don't think I will fall asleep in the same way that I fell asleep doing the sleep meditations, but it's such a, it's a nice nighttime ritual that I think delineates like, okay, now, now I'm in rest, rest mode. Now, it's interesting, Dory. I think this is great because it also kind of tracks with a lot of the winding down you do at the end of the day. Mm. Like you're like you are doing your sleep meditation. I feel like you have a really great nighttime practice. It just seems like you very naturally. This is a real organic. I don't know. Practice for you. Oh, thank you, Kate. And so much, you know, before you had Henry, you had a very dedicated restorative yoga class that you went to. I did. Well, before Henry and before the pandemic. Right. Pre this. Pre all of this gesturing. Um, Yeah, I do love a restorative yoga class. So have you, how are you going to make sure you complete this? Are you going to like schedule it in your calendar? No. And I I don't want to be like doctrinaire about it. I don't, I don't want to like, it's hard because I do feel like sometimes I do better when I'm like, I'm going to do this every day. But I think I'm going to take a cue from you Uh-oh. and say I'm going to do it three times this week. Ooh, okay. And and go from there. I mean, look, I could do it tonight and be like, oh, this was amazing. I need to do this every night. Only time will tell. But I like not forcing yourself to commit to something that might not feel good too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Well, we solved it. <laughs> we did. We solved it. The world's everything. better. It is. <laughs> JK, um, we're still we're still in hell. We are. But that's okay. We're in hell together. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <sighs> yep. And we'll be here with you. We will. Listeners. For till the end of time. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Uh, is that dark? Um, What's not dark these days, Dory? I know. Everything it's true. feels really heavy. It's true. It's true. <sighs> so right. Gotta get, you know, one day at a time. Yeah. 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 Well, we want to express gratitude for ourselves <laughs> for hosting and producing this podcast. And yes, yes. Sammy Junio producing and editing this podcast and Sam Reed for being our project manager and our network partner is Acast. Bye. Bye.